Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Dad Podcast brought to you by the Man Salon and Relia Bank. Our guest this week and on this episode is someone that I've had many conversations with about sports. We're going to ask him a little about sports today, but more about being a dad. University of Sioux Falls head men's basketball coach, Chris Johnson. Coach, welcome back into something that has to do with me talking. A little bit different than what we've done in the past, but so excited for you to be on the Dad Podcast. I appreciate you joining me today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a little easier, less stress. We're not talking about wins and losses or how last week's game went. We just talk about being a dad, which is sometimes more stressful than that, I guess, if I think about it. Dude, there's days, don't don't lie to me, man. There's days where you're like, I can't wait to get to work because of all the drama that went down at my house. I know I had those days. And now that I'm like working from home, I make up stuff that I got to go do, man. My wife is like, what errands are you actually running in Sioux Falls today that you need to leave Hartford and go to? Yeah, my wife was out of town this weekend. So I had all four of them for practices, games, birthday parties, whatever. And I am so exhausted today. Like, I I mean, I always knew, like, I mean, our house would fall apart if my wife, you know, wasn't around. Because we made it three, four days, and that's max. We needed mom home. Uh, But I know what you're saying because she got home and I went, I'm going to the couch to watch a game. You know, uh, the eyes might have rolled back at me when I said that, but uh, she understood exactly why I needed that. That's right, man. And I think our our um, our patience meter is a little less than what mom's usually (laughs) is as well. So give us the lay of the land, man. What's your family look like? Yep. So uh, my wife teaches here at USF and then I have a 14 year old daughter, a 10 year old daughter, an eight year old son and a uh, six year old daughter. So it is chaos at all times. So three daughters, one boy. Um, How does that it, dynamic work out, man? Three versus one. Yeah, I mean, me and my son, are we're outnumbered. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, it, it is, it, it's it's interesting. They're all so different. And you have multiple kids, so you know. Yeah, three boys, they're all different. Yeah, so my oldest is pretty quiet, very conscientious, does her thing. My second oldest daughter is, she's a fireball, redhead all that. Like there's a lot of drama there. Uh, my son is just sports, sports, sports all the time. That's sports and fishing is all he cares about, talks about whatever. Um, and then my youngest is, is still young enough that everyone else just kind of dotes on her, but it's interesting how each one of their relationships between two of the four is so different. Uh, if we, if we would have pushed the pause button at some point, as you were raising your first child to your second, to your third, to your fourth, like how different would that pause button have looked if we did it like at the age of like six or 10, like how, how, how much have you changed how you parent or has it been consistent as you've gone? I mean, I, there's certain like non-negotiables in our house, you know, kind of like as a coach. Um, but it's been very different. Our oldest, you know, like, Oh, you know, she's in the crib. Like we haven't heard anything in 20 minutes. Let's go check and see if she's breathing. Right. Like all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. To like my youngest now, is like, yeah, go outside, like whatever, she'll be fine, you know, or she falls and, you know, hurts herself. It's like, ah, you'll be all right. Well, the first one did that, you know, it was like code blue or red or whatever in the house, like, oh no, she fell, she's got a cut, what's going on? And so I think it's probably easier for my youngest compared to how it was for our oldest, but I, you try to be consistent with what your expectations are, uh, but probably just 
the uh, the amount of freedom as we've had more of them has come come with that as well. You know, I, I can remember, and you can probably have a, have a story like this too, but I remember with our first son, Beckham, um, he had a temp one night and we pack up the car and we go over to Sanford and we get to the emergency room. And I'm like, you know, and my wife for, was probably telling me not to do this, but I'm like, we're going, we're going. We get there and they do the temp and they're like, uh, he has 102 temperature. I'm like, yeah, he does. It's 102. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we really don't admit him until they're like 104, 105 for a few hours like this. Go take some Motrin and they'll be okay. Is, is there a moment where you guys rushed to the emergency room too, or did your wife hold you off better than mine did? No, it would have been uh, when my oldest uh, was probably four or five, that, and she jumped off of everything. And she sprained an ankle, and we were convinced she broke her foot because she wouldn't put any weight on it. You know, we come home with the boot, which a four year old doesn't want to wear anyways. <laughs> it probably costs a couple hundred dollars at least to the insurance company. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt we've had some of those moments where you're a little bit like, well, you know, I remember with my son one night, he just acted up. He was probably four or five. And I mean, just at a level I've never seen. And I lost my mind, right? Like I'm about ready to lose it on the kid. And, you know, I've never seen him act like this. He won't go to bed. He won't, we take him in. He's got like double ear infection with two holes, like holes in his eardrums, you know, and you like take a step back, like I almost lost it on him. <laughs> yeah. And the kid's miserable. Like, yeah, so it goes both ways. Like, it's yep. it's a hard line to understand. Like, you got to know your your kids. My oldest, nothing ever hurts. She she would never admit to you she's sick. She's never whatever. My youngest, something always hurts. Something always going wrong. My stomach, my head, my, I, I skin my knee, whatever. Um, and so they're very different. So we even have to parent that differently. You know, and I say that, oh, I rushed my kid, you know, six, yeah. seven years ago. We even today were at the doctor because we were getting our middle child tested for diabetes. And, and it wasn't me rushing there to go get him checked for diabetes. He just eats all the time. And like, there were some symptoms and they're like, let's just check it off the list. That, that was the suggestion of the doctor, not for me. <laughs> just check it off the list. I mean, dude was a rock star. He got his blood taken better than I would. And uh, he goes and gets it done. We get the negative result. He doesn't have diabetes. But at the same time, like, it, it is crazy to think about all the things when I was a kid, I never worried about. And, and obviously my parents did. And now as we're parents, I mean, dude, the worst thing is Google when your kids get sick. Isn't oh, it? it's, it's yeah. I try not to do on the, the web MD or whatever. Cause it, I, what I find out is I, I end up thinking I have everything on here. <laughs> I've got a symptom of everything. And so do the kids. And so you could pull up like 200 different, you know, serious things sure. that you think your kid could have. And, you know, I, I, I go back to like when Martin, our oldest was young, they misread something at the doctor and they thought she had a, a pretty serious situation going on. Uh -huh. And I, I was a wreck for a month. And then they call, yeah, like there was somebody like we read the thing wrong. Like you're good to go. Oh man. Um, and it's like a great day. And then it's <laughs> also a, like, Where's that doctor? I'd like to talk to him because the last month have not been that good. You know yeah, exactly. We need to have a conversation. Chris Johnson with us, USF Edmonds basketball coach here on the Dad Podcast, brought to you by Reliabank and the Mansalon. We're going to get to three jokes brought to us by Reliabank from uh, the Dad Joke uh, box here in a little bit, and you're going to get to pick out which is the best Dad joke. We'll get to that at the end. We'll get to some rapid fire in a little bit, but obviously. 
you're a head men's basketball coach at a Division II university, been doing it a long time. And I know when parents drop off their kids at universities, they're hoping that there is some sort of parent figure, whether it's somebody in the dorms, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a, a counselor, whether it's just some older kids that are on campus. And in your case, they're dropping them off for you to uh, to teach them how to play basketball for the next four years, but also be around them a lot as well. So how, how does the, the parenting at home compare and contrast to the parenting when you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-old men in the situation uh, that you are as their basketball coach? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'm a better basketball coach, mentor, father figure, whatever, since I had my own kids. Because when I first started in this, it was basketball all the time, 100 hours a day, you know, just go, go, go. That's all. And it has even me. I'm not a very patient person. Anyone who's ever met me knows that. But I'm a lot more patient than I was based on having my own four, um, based on, like, how would I handle this with Zeke? Okay. Yeah, he's eight, but how would I handle this might affect how I might handle it with Matt Cartwright or, you know, sure. some player. Um, and so I, I think that it, it's a real positive thing, uh, but that you've got to constantly be thinking. I, I read a quote, how oh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, really changed my thinking and coaching and parenting is we can't expect 18 year olds in this setting or an eight-year-old to act like a 35-year-old with two kids who's got a job. You know, like that's what we think is normal. You know, I want all my guys to make decisions based on that. And that's not how it works. I didn't when I was 18, I can promise you that, but there wasn't camera phones and stuff around. And so, you know, I could tell you I was a saint and you wouldn't know the difference. Uh, there wasn't social media where I could stumble. There wasn't, you know, those kinds of things. So I, I think that's really what's guided me is understand where they're at in their life and maturity and decision-making, and then try to either coach or parent based on where that is. Um, and that can be hard because we want them to be perfect. And that's, not Oh man, that's, that's great advice. I mean, I, I find myself and my wife probably reminds me of this more, but like with my oldest, I, he's eight, but he's the oldest. And I still feel like you should be acting better than your five-year-old brother than your three-year-old brother. But he's also eight, man. And like the most important thing for him is to get out of the house, get on his bike and go play with his friends. And, you know, we're obviously dealing with a bunch crazier world than that, you know, shit hitting the fan and everything else that goes along with it. And so I, I, I mean, dude, I'm going to remember what you just said the next few weeks as my kid is not listening or not getting done what he's supposed to, because it is so true. The context of that, I think allows us, you know, we said earlier, I said earlier, the patience meter. It allows maybe an extra second or two for us to reflect. And, and, and in coaching, I'm sure that goes a long way because 18 to 22-year-olds probably absorb that sort of situation a little bit differently. And they want to be treated a little bit more like adults, but also understand they aren't totally there yet. Yeah. And I, I think mental health is a different, you know, that was a taboo word when we were growing up, right? Like you didn't How much talk has that changed that? with what you have to deal with in coaching? I think it's changed a lot because I think players, young people are more willing to talk about how they feel or how things are affecting them than they used to. Um, I think that's a great thing. You know, I, I am not, I've never been this like, yeah, I like to fish and do all that kind of outdoor stuff, but I'm not a macho guy. Like I'm an emotional dude. My teams have seen me cry multiple times after wins at end of season, whatever it might be. I don't have any problem with that. Um, but it, it is more prevalent of they're, they're more, I don't know if in tune is the right word, but, with how they're feeling, with how their day goes, with 
things that are affecting them negatively than they used to be. And I, I think that's a good thing in the end. Uh, but it certainly has added a element that you just didn't have 15 years ago in coaching. I'm going to let you guess. Do you think I'm an emotional guy or a macho guy? Emotional guy, for sure. <laughs> For sure. I, I mean, I, hopefully I'm right because I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. You are, I haven't lifted a weight in probably 20 years, man. So, I mean, yeah. unless I was moving it out of the way, I was not lifting any weights, man. That is true. Chris Johnson with us, USF Edmonds basketball coach on the dad podcast. Um, how much do you have to deal with the parents, with the dads, once these kids show up on your basketball team? More and more. You know, 10, 15 years ago, never. Uh, more recently, a little bit more. Um, and that doesn't mean that when I say more, it's negative all the time. You know, like sometimes it's a very positive uh, deal. You know, sometimes parents can help reinforce what I'm trying to do or vice versa. Um, so it's not always negative. But, you know, I, I get it. My, my daughter's playing varsity softball for the first time. And I don't say a word at games. People always ask me, like, you don't even cheer. I'm good. I'm just here to support. I say one thing to her after every game, have fun watching you play. Uh, we're not going to dissect the game, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause I don't want her to not want to get in the car with me after a game. Um, and I think parents are good at that kind of stuff, but then there's also a, a faction of parents who've spent a lot of money and time on workouts and AAU and this and that. And they want to see some sort of, I don't know, you know, end goal to that, like scholarship or playing time or whatever. And so it, it's difficult, but at being a parent helps that situation because I didn't understand it at all. 15 years ago now I get it like it's hard to not have rose-colored glasses when you're talking about your own kids you know it's always the joke in coaching like you're in the media I can say to you like oh I don't think so and so is playing great or we're not playing good but if you say it to me I'm gonna bow up oh yeah, right? I'm gonna, well, yeah. hold on a second here you don't get to say that like I can complain about my kids to my coworkers. But if my coworkers came over and said, yeah, I don't like the way Zeke does that, I'm probably blowing <laughs> up a little bit. And so you, you just got to understand that that there's a special bond there that just isn't going to allow you to always see things clearly. And, and uh, you got to have some patience with that, too. You know, it's an interesting dynamic. You talk about getting in the car after games. Um, my son Beckham has something called apraxia. It's like a speech impediment. And as he gets older... Um, it, it really starts to go away and eventually like maybe me and his mom will be the only ones that notice it by the time he's in fifth grade or whatever. He goes to speech class, et cetera. And if you heard him now versus you heard him when he was in kindergarten, it's totally different. So the first few years I, I would help coach out, uh, help coaches teams just so that I could help with that. The only sport that I like to continue to coach right now is basketball and, and soccer, but I was involved in all of them before. And I found myself never really criticizing how he played or anything like that. It was more about the sportsmanship and like, Hey, you know, act like this, et cetera. And I actually pretty proud of myself for that because I want him to be great, et cetera. But at the same time, I'm kind of like you, man. Like the last thing I want is my kid to be pissed off at me, not want to get in the car, not want to play the sport either. Right. I'm sure coaches are going to yell at him enough. And as I sort of waned off of coaching and doing it, that's going to be, do you think like though, as, your daughter gets older, they'll be conversation, you know, like, hey, oh, this, that, the other. Are you going to just, hey, just love watching you play? No, Do you think it changes I mean, as they get older? Yeah, it does. And she's, you know, obviously at the varsity level, like her mom was a college softball player and a college softball coach. So there are things that get talked about, no yep. question. Um, she will get the, you know, nine o'clock at night, her and I are watching TV and coach will wax philosophical for a while about effort or teammates or, 
you know, like, are you doing your best? Yeah. Well then let's not worry about whether you struck out 10 or you got rocked tonight. Like, yep. It, but I also know that there are times when I even go too far into that, you know, like right. 20 minutes later, I'm still given the USF teamwork is key. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I got to back off on that because yeah, you know, like she gets it, she knows she's been around it. Uh, but there's also, she doesn't need to, she doesn't play for me. Right. She doesn't need to have it all the time. And so there's definitely a, you know, like you talk about not having sport, like only really two of my kids play basketball and I have people all the time. Cause my, my oldest is tall. Why doesn't she play? She doesn't like it. Like my dad played every sport, but basketball growing up. He knew that I had a passion for it completely was on board with that. It wasn't even my best sport, but I loved it. And so I try to think back on those times like, hey, I don't care if they play basketball. And honestly, I get why why she doesn't because she's tall. She has a basketball coach for a dad and she doesn't know what she's doing. So she's con- self-conscious constantly yep. when she did play about like, well, I should probably be better because, you know, and then games would get over and coach would walk over to me and ask me about a drill or something. And that just mortified her, right? Like, I'm oh, sure. what is going on? And yep. so – yeah, whatever they like to do, I'm I'm all in. Well, you know, my my son plays hockey. I'm the only yep. basketball coach in the country whose son plays. That lets hockey. their kid plays hockey. Yeah, that's yeah. great, man. No, I've seen them out there, man. Do you think that the way you've dealt with your daughter on that will change versus you know, like more so earlier with your son because he's all about sports and about the sports that you know you want to yeah. play? Yeah, I I don't know that I'll change. I mean, he's a whatever sport he's in at the time is his favorite. You probably have that with your three. Beckham loves it, man. Yeah. And my second, my middle one, we're, we're, he did a little flag football last year. And now we, tonight is practice for baseball. And last year he did T-ball and he's played the sand more than he did anything else. But I'm sure at this point, you know, moving forward, it's going to be whatever they're in is their favorite sport at that time. Yeah. And so he played basketball and hockey last year at the same time. That That's difficult. That's every night you're running out to the, to, to Sanford or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there, there might have to be a decision made there at some point, but, I want to hold off on that as long as possible to find out what he's really passionate about. Cause it might not be what he's good at. Right. Like that's sure. the, I was a 50 times better high school baseball player and, and youth baseball player than basketball, but I hated practice. Baseball yeah. practice was boring. I pitched, I ran. Now you look at me. Do I look like a guy who likes to run? Like no. that, that's not, no, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's true. And so, but I was passionate about basketball, so play D3 basketball, right? And so yep. really try to stay out of the way and just maybe provide some guardrails, but definitely not roadblocks. Chris Johnson with us here, University of Sioux Falls Edmonds basketball coach, the dad podcast, Rely Bank and Man Salon, bringing you the dad podcast every single week. Um, before we get to rapid fire, quick question. It involves parents and it involves coaching, but it involves the youth sport level. And I'm sure you see this as you're out there on the recruiting trail. I just saw one yesterday on Twitter. Uh, a guy started fighting with a ref and it ends up in a, in a fist fight. I was out at Sanford a few weeks ago and I didn't see anybody fight, but saw a couple of dads get up and take a couple of steps as they yelled at the officials. And one guy turned around to me and knew I worked at the ESPN radio and said to me, aren't these the worst officials you've seen in your entire life? And I'm like, I said to him, dude, they make $15 or $20 a game. This dude's going back to his regular job in 24 hours. No, these are not the worst officials I've ever seen. Why has it gotten so bad with parents, youth sports, slash refs? Well, I think our society right now, right? Like we're allowed to be aggrieved as much as we want to be. 
Um, and I'm not getting into the political side of that. It's sure. just the reality of we're, we're easily offended. Um, the, the part where two adults, and I saw the clip on Twitter where they got in a fist fight. Yep. Okay, that's ridiculous and, and whatever. And those two will have to deal with the repercussions of that. Halfway through that video, there's a kid that looks at the camera and is like laughing and pointing who's on the floor in a uniform. And now like, what is, does that kid think that's acceptable behavior? Because at the end of the day, the whole Charles Barkley, right? Whether you want to be a role model or not, you're an adult in a gym. You probably are in some way. And uh, that is scary, right? Like that's the part that scares me more than anything. It's just become so normalized to act that way. And yeah, that guy should never be in another gym ever. I don't know how you police that, but um, I, I just think in society, it's okay to scream when we're not happy now and to be okay with not being happy a lot. And I think that just, you know, sports are a microcosm of our society. Always will be, yep. you know, I always say like whatever problems you see in society there, are, those are the same problems you have in a locker room or in a team, you know, like it, Whatever percentage of kids have mental health problems or adults have mental health problems, that's probably the percentage you have in your locker room that have some issues or whatever it might be. And so uh, I, I think that it's, it's just a tough, tough situation that I wish they could find a way to get that out of it. Um, it would be there's no way those kids left the gym yesterday loving their experience. No, no way. And that's what we're supposed to do with youth sports, in my opinion. It's more about having fun. And we've turned it into how do we win? And I mean, those kids probably were eighth graders, seventh, yeah, eighth graders. They looked young. It did not matter who won that game. I can promise you in a week, no one would have remembered it. And it wouldn't have been like, oh, you know, we got screwed in this tournament out and wherever. And now what? Well, it didn't affect anything, you know, but it's hard to, you know, when you're in the middle of it, I guess it's probably hard to realize that sometimes. Still, man, that was messed up. And we've seen too many of those as of late. Chris Johnson with us here, University of Sioux Falls, Edmonds basketball coach, father of four. Uh, joining us on the dad podcast. Let's get to rapid fire brought to you by the man salon. Get yourself a great haircut in the round the six Oh five and throughout the Midwest franchise opportunities, the mansalon.net. I don't get my haircut every day, but when I do, I go to the man salon. All right, here's how rapid fire works, man. I got 10 questions for you. We'll fire away. And then we'll get to the dad jokes of the day. Who's the best TV dad of all time. Best TV. Oh, man. That's hard because like my brain on TV goes to some people I don't want to say anymore because of the real life stuff, right? Like the Cosby Show, right? Is yeah, one that like, that's the, the Cosby Show has come up a lot you know, in, in some of these as well. Um, yeah, Phil, I mean we've had what's that? Phil from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but he wasn't his dad, right? But he was, he was dad the dad in the show. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's a good one. I like oh, Phil. Well. Uncle Phil was great. We've had a lot of uh, Tim Allen's from Home Improvement. Uh, we've had, he's had some issues too, right? So that's where my head went. And I was yeah, like, well, the Brady Bunch dad that. has come up as well, man. Uh, there's been a few of them. All right. What player has been the most like a dad over the years that you have coached? Oh, I'm going to give you two names. Okay. Uh, Austin Slater and Kibu Johnson. Why was, the, uh, why was those two? Uh, just had a demeanor of worrying about everyone else but themselves and trying to make everything all right all the time, would jump in and do any job you ever needed him to do. Slater, I mean, if I needed a tool, I'd probably go to him and be like, hey, do you have this Allen wrench or this three-quarter socket? And he'd be like, yeah, I got it in my truck, coach, you know? So I, I would say those two for sure. 
What athlete has fought off father time more, LeBron James or Tom Brady? I'm, I'm going to say LeBron because the sport that he has to play at his age is more demanding on his body than what Brady was doing. So I think they're pretty similar, even though what is Brady was seven years longer. I don't know. Maybe LeBron plays for seven more years, but um, I, I would say LeBron. Just nobody's done it at this level at that age um, with that many miles uh, on the uh, on the tires. That's for sure. All right. When you have to cook for the family, what's the go to? What's the go to meal? Any anything on my grill. We're 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 going when I'm cooking it. We're going straight to the Traeger. We're we're steaks, chicken brisket, whatever. I, that's, that's my, that's my jam for sure. All right. What's your worst dad fashion faux pas? Oh, you, you'd have to ask my daughters that they tell you everything. Um, my oldest two think everything I wear is, is ridiculous yet. Like it's cool to wear sandals with socks now. No, and it's I not. Of, I can't, yeah, my these kids, kids. All my players do it. All my kids do it. And I go, guys, like that was what we used to make fun of the 70 year olds for. You know, the only difference is they might be white instead of black socks. Yeah. But like, uh, I I don't know. Like, I, I I turn into my dad a little bit more every year. I just don't care. Yeah. You know. So that's probably probably what it would be is just everything. But I I mean I I try not to be too too sloppy with everything. But when you're built like me, there's only so much you can do. <laughs> I love it. All right, best movie involving parenting: The Adams Family. He got game. Big Daddy or Field of Dreams? Oh, I'm going to go Big Daddy on that one. Um, Such a great movie. I love, love that movie. Um, I tell yeah. the story every time I watched it with my son about six months ago. And I'm watching it. And we get through like half of it. And that night, um, mom comes home. And I said, man, me and Beckham were having a blast. We were watching Big Daddy earlier. And she starts to go off on me. And it's like, that's PG 13. He's only seven. I was like, but there's a kid in it. She said, it doesn't matter if there's a kid in it. It's an Adam Sandler movie. They start the movie off and they're talking about Hooters. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe. And then so, so me and Beckham, we ended up watching the rest of big daddy as mom was putting our youngest to bed the next couple of nights. And we would just shut the bedroom door watching. As soon as mom would come out, we'd flip it back on to SpongeBob or something else. Right. And then we watched the rest of it. And like a couple of weeks later, we informed mom, we watched the rest of big daddy, but she's like, no more PG 13 movies right now. Oh yeah. I know. It's a good movie though. If you weren't a dad, if you weren't a coach, if you weren't married, what would you want to be doing? You do anything. Uh yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, my my bar is pretty low. I'd want to be a professional fisherman. I mean, okay. I, I if I if I could do that for a living and somehow get paid yeah. to to do something that I love to do, that's pretty low stress. Which is why I got into it. I used to be a a golfer. I'd come home mad all the time. Got more into fishing. Ah, bad day on the water, still a great day. It's not your fault the fish didn't bite, man. They exactly. just were hungry, man. Yep. All right, who would who would you rather have as your dad, Pat Riley? Phil Jackson or Greg Popovich? Well, I know I wouldn't want it to be Phil Jackson. Um, okay. Pop or Pat Riley would be in there. Probably Popovich. Yeah, uh, you know, but those two guys would be right up there. Um, you're going to have some discipline in those houses. There's no oh, doubt yeah. about that. Um, but I also think that you're going to probably be pretty prepared for life when you come out of those two households, I would guess. But, you know, Public perception versus who they really are at home, you never really know. But uh, publicly, yeah, I'd be one of those guys. 
All right, if you're on the interstate and you're driving versus your wife driving, how different does the speedometer look? Oh, five, six miles at least per, per hour. Um, you're a little bit heavier of the foot than her? Oh, yeah. Like, I, we, we laugh all the time. Her family lives in, in Des Moines. And she's always like, it's a four-hour drive. I'm like, it's three and a half all day long. <laughs> um, now, she kindly reminds me that normally when if I make that drive in three and a half, there's no one else in the car. And I don't stop. If we got four kids, you know this. We might not get to the T exit before one of them says they have to go to the bathroom. And then we might get to the Vermilion exit and the next one does. And so we add about an hour to every trip. All right. Final question. What's the drink of choice when it's time to relax as a dad? You're sitting on the couch watching some basketball. I don't really have one, honestly. Like, uh, I mean, anybody who knows me knows that I, I go through diet. I should own uh, stock and diet Pepsi. Um, How do you drink that diet crap, man? Ugh. Uh, it just, you know, that's all my dad ever drank. So it's all I ever started. And I drink so much of it that if I was drinking the regular stuff and it was a hundred, 200 calories a can, I'd be 400 pounds. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I drink, I drink those monsters without the sugar in them. Like that's yeah. been a new thing. I love coffee. Uh, I've turned into a kind of a coffee guy. Uh, but I, that's more in the winter. Um, you know, not a big drinker, so that's not really the deal, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, what, whatever's in the house and I don't buy groceries. So, uh, you know, whatever's there is what I, what I probably got in my hand. All right. Chris Johnson with us, USF Edmonds basketball coach on the dad podcast. That was rapid fire brought to you by Mansalon. Let's get to the, the dad jokes of the day brought to you by Reliabank T humble Hartford. And of course, in Sioux Falls, ReliBank.com for all your banking needs, mortgages, business loans, whatever. Great people over there. All right, man. So uh, here's the three jokes. I'm going to read them to you, and then you tell me which one is the best. What did the triangle say to the circle? What? No idea. You're pointless. You're pointless. All right. All right. I got it. All right. All right. That's, yeah. a good, that's yeah. the first one. All right. Yeah. Um, what do bears or excuse me, what would bears be without bees? No idea. Ears. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. And, and final one. Final one. Uh, let's go. What do you call an angry carrot? No idea. A steamed veggie. <laughs> We'll, we'll go with so, the last one. We'll you like the last one? All right, a steamed yeah. veggie. What do you call a carrot? A steamed veggie. All right, man, this was a blast. Thanks for hanging out on the Dad Podcast, man. Uh, great to hear about your family. Love to hear how you, you mix in coaching and parenting and certainly had some fun with Rapid Fire and the Dad Jokes of the Day. Chris, as always, man, thank you so much for joining us as another page has turned here on the Dad Podcast. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bud.